Popular Science presents a backstage preview of television, the newest miracle of modern electrical engineering. Technicians in the Farnsworth Philadelphia laboratories have helped to make television, the dazzling dream of the decade, a practical reality today. Mr. Philo T. Farnsworth, shown at the right, is working on the image dissector tube, a photoelectric camera tube of his own invention that distinguishes his system of television from others. It is said to be responsible for the most clearly defined television pictures. While radio can portray the art of the ventriloquist, television makes it possible to witness the magician's sleight of hand from a distance for the first time. Silent, invisible, instantly, human speech, music, and appearance pervade the airways together to be received in magic boxes for distant reproduction. It may not be long before news events and current world happenings will be witnessed in thousands of homes. Television may picture for those at home the work of far-off explorers, or it may reveal to military officials the details of distant maneuvers. The most fanciful dream of mankind is today a startling reality, destined to become the world's most popular science. Do you buy your thermometer, sir? Is that a challenge? Do you buy your thermometer? Fine, let's have a duel. Challenge accepted. If you wanna, wanna, wanna come over, if you wanna, wanna, wanna go ride, if you wanna, wanna, wanna come over, Hello and welcome to another episode of the Do It or Else podcast. This is the weekly challenge podcast where two friends get together and do some weekly challenges for your entertainment. I'm Dustin. And I'm Ryan. How's it going, sir? I, I uh, like your assortment of wares you have laid out across the table. My assortment of wares here across the table? In, in what way do you mean, sir? It looks like you're selling microphones. Well, uh, <laughs> in fact, I am selling microphones. I'm selling the Samson Micro USB microphone there, Dustin. I'll take ten. Well, the pros... Is it looks awesome and sounds great and it's ultra portable. The cons? Built-in links function poorly. Cloud mislead amateur podcasts. Okay. No XLR outputs. Can, can I speak with your manager? Ryan? Yeah, sure. Hey there, like I'm to... the manager. Oh, you're the manager. Fine. I'd like to uh, complain about this microphone that you sold me. It has uh, great portability. but Excellent portability, that's right. The legs just don't work on this thing. Well, sir, you have to understand, in an ever-widening sea of USB microphones, the differentiating aspects of this diminutive device is its form factor. <laughs> yeah. Do you need a lozenge, a throat lozenge? Ugh, three-rounded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think I could do that guy for more than a couple minutes. Hey, buddy, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Um, you know what I saw on TV today? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, we didn't watch TV for a whole freaking week. Yeah. Are you excited to get back to it? It's pretty good. Kind of. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll tell you all about it. Well, how about guess where I am? You are in uh, your kitchen. Close. I'm in the living You're in your room. office. I'm in the, living, in the living room, room. so room. things sound a little different. Normally, I would record in my office. Uh, then Courtney started working from home, so I started recording in the bedroom. And then today, the neighbors are, like, totally gutting and remodeling their house. So, I'm in the living room where there'll be a little best, little less knocking and banging around. 
I've been knocking and banging around these walls here for a better part of a week. And I still don't know where my plumbing outlet goes. <laughs> oh, yeah? So, okay. So, this is a micro USB salesman who can't is find... Is refinishing his he's house. He's refinishing his house. And he cannot yeah. find... He's got to move these microphones. Yeah. He's got to move these units in order to make the next payment on the for the plumber. We got to move these custom USB microphones. We got to move these color TVs. All right, let's just move on. I want to hear what you learned uh, during the the no TV week. Okay. I want to see how you expanded your mind All right. and see how far see how far uh, we've come. Okay. Without TV. Okay. Okay. It is time to replace the decrepit infotainment section oh, with. Not me. Our new get in the box infotainment. No. Put your hands on your hips or you're gonna get your fingers pinched by the lid. I gotta do the time warp again. This is now interesting facts. Okay, yeah. We're replacing infotainment with interesting facts. I have an interesting fact. Okay, let's hear it. The guy who invented TV or most of the modern television, Philo T. Farnsworth, which is a great name, wouldn't let his own children watch television. Is it because the TVs were so bad back then? Yeah, he said, no, not like the quality of the TV, but the, the quality of the programming itself. He said there was nothing worthwhile on television. This dude, uh, Philo K. Sterl, or T. Stur, or Farnsworth, that was his, Philo T. Farnsworth, he spent his life... Uh, Growing up in a log cabin in Utah, at like the turn of the century, classic guy, time for our show. This guy, uh, uh, a Mormon? Yep. Cool, okay. Jesus Christ and Latter-day Saints is a Mormon. His dad died when he was really young, and he, I guess, joined the Navy, then quit the Navy, and then went to Brigham Young High School. And okay. as a high school freshman, invented television. Um, Holy shit. The way TV cameras kind of worked at the time, uh, they were mechanical. And his big invention basically was making them electronic. He took all the moving parts out of cameras and TV, whatever, radio signals, all that stuff, and made it fully electronic, uh, which made him like a millionaire and super powerful inventor. And his whole life, he just hated television until the moon landing. Uh, okay so yeah. when man landed on the moon he turned to his wife and he said you know what i think it might have all been worth it because it was broadcast what? on television i wonder what he would say today oh, i know right do you I think, think he'd, he'd, be... he'd be like into netflix be like you know what being able to watch doctor who is pretty cool you know what quibby is worth it <laughs> I haven't tried Quibi yet. Have you gotten on there? I ain't gonna try Quibi. You ain't gonna steal my data. Next week's short, challenge. I don't. I don't want short eleven-minute TV shows. Get out of here. They're eleven-minute. Chicken TV already shows? did it. 
I guess that's the thing. Like they're 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 very very short format. There is a show the... on Hulu, and I think it comes from FX called Cake, and it's like six tiny TV t- tiny TV shows mashed together into one thirty minute TV show. So they're uh, in little they... segments. Are they related? Are the stories related? Or are they six individual stories? They're like individual stories, and then next week you come back and you see another little segment from that previous show. Or maybe you don't. Whoa, maybe it's another weird. little show, but like maybe the bigger segments are kind of the same. It's it's very interesting, called Cake. You can get it on Hulu. It's very huh. weird. Very weird. Uh, weird, wild stuff. <laughs> What's your interesting fact? Well... I was having a grill out with a friend, John, mm-hmm. and uh, so we were, it was after dinner, and we were just having a beer on the porch, and we were talking, I don't know how we got there, but we were talking about classical music, and we, uh, we were just being like, do you, who, were there any African classical composers during the the age of classical music? So... That sent me down a little rabbit hole, and my fact might be a little longer than yours, but there was a gentleman who was uh, known as the Black Mozart, and he was actually a little older than Mozart, and there's some uh, stories saying that Mozart stole some of this guy's work and kind of was a little jealous of this very popular... Seems kind of douchey to call him the Black Mozart then. Yeah, I know, but it because he, he's he, in, he's preceded, he preceded yeah. Mozart, but I think he's a lot more impressive than Mozart. So I'm going to tell you about this guy just real quick, real quick. What's he got to Joseph, do with TV? Because this was what I chose to. It was an interesting fact that <laughs> you said it didn't have to be about TV. It could just be an interesting fact, and this is what I researched while not watching TV. Okay. All yeah. Right. So. Joseph Bologna. Chevalier I think it should have Saint to do George. with TV, though. I think there's like a theme to the show, and that it should have something to do with the theme of the show, don't you think? This uh, form of entertainment was like TV <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> okay. He was born December 25th, 1745. How about that? Okay. Is that Christmas? Yeah. And this gentleman, Joseph Bologna, he was, he's, he's, French descent. His father was a wealthy uh, French uh, farmer in the Caribbean island of Guadalupe. His mother was an African slave. He was born on the island, and uh, he moved to France, and he was seven. His dad loved him, loved his black slave mistress. You know, he was still a very loving person, but enrolled him but into had a boarding slaves. school. What? But he had slaves. He had slaves. Yeah. Okay, yeah. But it's not like he still like person. fell in love with with this one slave that he was proud of his son uh Joseph. Okay. Um but he because there were there were um code noir, like black codes basically oh. in France at the time. Um because he had an African mother, um he was unable to like have his father's title. So he 
took the title of uh, Joseph de Saint George, which was the name of the plantation where he was born. So that's a little interesting. But he was enrolled in a boarding school at the Academy Royale Polytechnique des Armes et de la Equation. It's a fencing and horse riding boarding school. Hmm. So this, the first remembered classical African composer was also a badass fencer and horse rider. So his his dad was like prepping him for like royal service basically. And at the age of 15 and 17, he was like fighting and fencing the greatest uh, fencing masters in France and winning, you know, making his dad very proud. He was known as the God of Arms, which is fucking cool. And uh, ended up becoming a um, uh, a knight, a French knight, a chevalier, and a uh, gendarme du roi. I don't know how to say that, but an officer of the king's bodyguard. So, like, he he became a very strong, well-renowned, enthusiastic soldier. And all the same time, I know you don't like this, he was a badass violinist, and then he was an orchestra composer, and blah, blah, blah. He almost became the conductor of the Paris Opera, but people were being pissed that they were going to take orders from a black guy. So he pulled his name out from being the, the composer in the nomination, and to squash the feud, uh, King Louis the Sixteenth just said, "Fuck it, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull the Paris Opera out of France, out of Paris, fuck you," and like basically stopped the the Royal Opera in Paris, moved it to Versailles, and Queen Marie Antoinette, you know, just had her uh, intimate little musical performances, and this guy. Uh, St. George, Xavier de St. George, was playing violin alongside with the Queen Marie Antoinette on the piano. Mm. So he was playing with the Queen, you know? Pretty neat, pretty cool stuff. He was also the first uh, colonel of an all-black soldier regimen in, uh, during the French Revolution. So that was cool. And then he got, uh, you know, people criticized him for being involved in non-revolutionary activities. You know what that was? Yeah, yeah. Playing music. He was just playing music and dancing, getting rowdy. People didn't like that. He was living his life, living the French life that he knew. Did he get guillotined? So they put him in jail. What? They put him in jail. He he dodged the guillotine. Oh. Yeah. But unfortunately, he died of syphilis because he's he's the fucking man. (laughs) He got around. He's a party guy. So there were a bunch of interesting little facts about not TV. I mean, I see, I, I went, as you were speaking, I went back and read the text message conversation, and there was clearly confusion. You weren't listening. I was, I was saying things like, You were reading? Huh? And like, what are you talking about? Uh, is what I was responding to some of your text messages. I now see that you thought, can I just talk about whatever the hell I want in the middle of a TV episode? And I was like, I don't understand what you're talking about. And then so you just did. And that was great. <laughs> All right. You got any more facts about Philo T. Farnsworth? I got tons, but TV? I wasn't going to just say everything <laughs> in a long list because that's boring. Now let's move on to the next segment. <laughs> Did 
Dude, that was a interesting segment. Yeah. How'd it go for you? How was the week? It was tough. Yeah. I uh, got... I don't know what the word is. Not withdrawals. But withdrawals from... Like forced withdrawals from my wife. Because she likes to watch TV in the evening to unwind. And so I would sit with my... Like sit opposite on the couch... (laughs) Oh, the TV would be like behind you. Behind me and just listen. And then I was like, this is stupid. It's like, I love you. I can't watch TV. She tempted me to watch TV last night. And I said, no. Ryan said, no. Let's go on a walk instead. So we took the dogs on a walk. So that was good. But it was tough to not watch TV. Well, let's say we said it last week, but quickly, like... Your your regular relationship with TV, about how much TV do you watch a day? What's a heavy during, day? What's a light day? Yeah, like during the day, it, like it, it comes in the evening. So maybe like an hour and a half to two hours in the evening. Mm-hmm. If we're watching a Netflix show, like we'll watch a... Like when we were watching The Last Dance, we'd typically watch two episodes of that at a time. Okay. Interesting. And those are so like almost an hour long each. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Or you know, and depending on the TV show, maybe it's a 22 minute TV show made for TV or 45 minutes for TV and they cut the commercials out, that kind of thing. Yeah. So like an hour to 2 hours. Even on the weekend? So so that's during a weekday. Like what about on a Saturday morning? Do you watch TV Saturday morning? Or are you up and doing stuff? Typically up and doing stuff. Um, the TV, there's more TV watching during the Sunday, I guess. Okay. Sunday is, Sunday is the, put you know, put a TV show on, kind of veg out, maybe put a TV show on and clean while it's on, that kind of thing. Um, but I've all, I've often, so this week I listened to, uh, been listening to audio books and podcasts more, but I often do that. I'd rather have my headphones in listening to a a story in my ears and move around and stay active and like be doing things. So and, uh, so for myself efficient. I included like watching uh live streams or watching YouTube videos as basically part of TV watching for yeah. like our purposes here. Do you do a lot of that or not a lot of that either? I do like YouTube videos. And I mentioned it last time. I go down like craft DIY right YouTube videos, how to videos, so, how to videos exactly. So this week I tried to perfect my Dungeons and Dragons dice making skills. Yeah, and learned how to make some molds. So like I did watch a few YouTube videos this week, but there were like ten minute videos to get instruction and. Then I just, I made my own videos of me attempting to make these dice molds. You know, oh, you made your multi- own? Yeah, it's a multi-day process because you've got to like pour it in segments and let it cure for, you know, 12 to 24 hours. Like all the, you know, it, it, it's just silly. Spoiler alert, they didn't turn out the way I thought they would. <laughs> uh, it, it was very frustrating. So I went on another YouTube rabbit hole to figure out how to make it better how to make dice better, and I ended up buying a painter's pot for pressurized painting 
services and I'm going to cannibalize that to make what is called a pressure pot to help remove air what is, bubbles. What is a trapped. painter's pot? Uh, if you ever see a, a painter with a pressurized wand like and spray they're thing? spraying, yeah, okay. and they do air spray or air brush painting, but on a commercial scale, there's a pot that holds like, you know, a couple gallons of paint a compressor hose goes into one side and it pressurizes the paint and then there's the spray hose on the other side that is like a pressure washer but full of paint cool. so i'm going to cannibalize this big paint pot and make it to where the pressure stays inside trapped in the pot and you put your your epoxy and your plastic liquid plastic before it's cured into the pot pressurize it and that forces all the air bubbles out hopefully giving you a more uniform uh piece that doesn't have trapped air bubbles and like it looks supposed to look a lot cooler but we'll see that's that's for next week that's for next week but i do like youtube videos uh i'm staying i've been more intentful with my youtube searches because i've noticed the algorithm giving me suggested videos that are a little more conservative than I would expect. Yeah, it really does try to put you into Nazi YouTube pretty quick, doesn't it? I don't know why that is. Is it just because I'm a white guy? I, I and they think know? you watch one video about tanks, and then it's like, <laughs> oh, this guy, or like Navy ships or something, and then it's like, oh, this guy wants to go to Prager University and watch a bunch of Prager University videos. My dad loves PragerU. Hey, Dad. Yeah, yeah. Good old Prager University, a super open-minded think tank run by the Koch brothers. Sweet. Yep. <laughs> yeah, YouTube. I don't. I don't know what their deal is. They're uh, they're really pushing some some fascist stuff on us, aren't they? Push the belly flop videos. <laughs> I know. Push People... the belly flop algorithm. <laughs> I know. I don't get it. I guess because like controversy controversy sells. So they try to push more controversial stuff, probably. Well, this episode should make it to the top, then. <laughs> I think we cut out most of the fighting. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about your week? What was your what was the 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 landmark of your week? What did it feel like? Well, I should say my relationship with TV. Um, I think. Where you were like two hours, I think I might be double that. I think I might watch four hours of TV on an average day. And that's like... what? Of anything. So whether I'm at work and there's like sports on and I'm just sort of like glancing Uh up throughout the shift. Or in the morning, I tend to watch, yeah, like YouTube. But I watch it like on the TV. Oh, okay. I'll watch, I don't know, like science and history videos a lot in the morning. And then uh, in the evenings, at night, I'll probably watch some Netflix with Courtney for an hour or two. Is like a pretty normal day. So I think I'm getting around four hours there. Okay. Um, and like maybe on a Saturday, I'll watch like two movies. So that could easily get you to like five hours pretty quickly, right? Yeah, depending on the movie, for sure. If you watch two of the extended editions of Lord of the Rings, yeah. that's like... It's like eight hours. I've never seen those, but yeah, like something like that, or some war movie, right? Or some, uh, what, I watched like Frozen 2 the other day. That was not as good as I'd hoped. But, um, Mm. so I watched like a lot of TV. So this challenge was pretty hard for me to take TV out. 
what we ended up doing, Courtney did it along with me, which was like a huge help. I think if Courtney had been watching TV, uh, I would have gone crazy because I would have just been like sitting in the other room or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but what did I do? Like the Google Home, you can play little quizzes on it. We have like a oh. Hey Google assistant thing over in the corner. And so we played like song quizzes. We got Spotify, so we were listening to a lot of music. We were like cooking and cleaning and talking to one another like normal people. Um, Yeah, it was really different. It was kind of nice. The only really difficult part was Saturday we had gone over to Courtney's dad's house to hang out for the day. And like we'd swim in the pool and we're out in the sun all day. And I was just real tired. And we came home and it was like, I just want to watch TV now. I just want to veg out lay on Mm -hmm. the couch and like not have to think or anything. And like, we ended up playing on our phones for like an hour or so craziest (laughs) thing. Normally I go to bed at midnight, one o'clock all this week, nine, 10, 11 o'clock at the latest. Nice. No TV to keep me up. Are you feeling, you feeling better? You feeling more like rested? I think, yeah, I think I was better at my job all week uh, being a social job. Uh, I think I was more interested in what people had to say because I wasn't distracted by the television. Mm-hmm. More rested. Yeah. Yeah. Let's review it. Okay. I also, real quick, I bought a board game for Casey and I to play. I recommend it. It's a two-player game. It's called Hive. H-I-V-E. Two-player board game. That's cool. And it's um, it's more. It's not really a board game, it, but it kind of is. It's kind of like dominoes. So the pieces are hexagon shaped and the board changes as you play because your bugs can move. And so they call it hive because once your pieces are all together, you cannot, you cannot unconnect the hive. So if you're moving a piece, you have to move it in a way that doesn't break up the core of bugs, if that makes sense. Um, But super fun. Highly recommend it. It is for ages nine and up. Two-player games, and it's kind of like bug chess, if that makes sense. Each each bug can move a certain way. Like, the grasshopper can jump really far. The beetle can crawl over the top and trap pieces and keep them from moving because they got climbers. The spiders can move kind of like the knight in chess and move strange directions, three pieces at a time. Um, the ant, the soldier ant, that's the baddest ass, the smallest the most mighty piece on the board because it can move anywhere on the outside of the perimeter and set up a flanking attack like a soldier. Uh, But you got to protect your queen bee. Don't let your queen bee get surrounded. That's the game of Hive. All right. All right, folks, you heard it here first. Hive. Hive. Check out Tyke's Games in Athens, Georgia. They can hook you up with any board games if you're looking for a board game suggestion or a, a new game to play during quarantine. Turn off that TV and play a game. Tyke's Games. Brought to you by Tyke's Games. Every week on our show, we create a custom review scale to review our custom challenge. No two challenges are alike, and so no two scales can be alike either. The responsibility to create this scale falls to you, Dustin. What's our scale this week? Well, have you heard of the TV ratings? Uh, like the Nielsen Do you know what that name family? is called? Oh, like the mature teen, that whole thing? Oh, no, not not that. Nielsen. 
Okay, what are they? The the Nielsen ratings? Yeah, yeah. Okay, like what I literally said. Okay, great. Oh, I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. That's my problem. Yeah, the Nielsen ratings. <laughs> Wait, is, didn't I say it? Am I, I crazy? Think you did. Maybe I feel you like didn't. I, said I don't it. know what you said. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> the Nielsen ratings uh, on a scale of one to ten Nielsens. Is that how the Nielsen rating works? No, it's uh, it's a it's a ratings point share, like based off of how many actual TV viewers there are. Um, I can't so say for that, certain, Dustin, but somebody on this podcast might be a Nielsen family. Ooh, you can like sign up to be a Nielsen family. Nope, they send you a letter. Oh, interesting. And they send you money, but I can't talk about it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Why can't you talk about it? Because you're not allowed to talk about it. Ooh. If you are one. Huh. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, one to ten Nielsen's. No, it's the Wikipedia like says that. that there's an average of uh, one hundred and nineteen million TV homes in the U.S. Wow. Okay. Okay. And out of that, you know, that that's a gross underestimation because they the there's another estimate that says there's 304 million TV households. So these approximately are way off, way off, right? So on a scale from 119 million TV homes to 304 million TV homes, okay, how do you rate? This challenge on a scale for 119 million TV homes being the low end to 300 and what? Four. 304. Okay, I'm gonna give this a 303 million TV homes. Uh, for me, this was a really for me very personally because I watch so much TV and because I probably watch too. I mean, not probably, definitely watch too much TV. Uh, this was this was like the no meat week that turned into a month. This is really useful for me um yeah i feel like i gained a lot not watching any freaking tv uh i struggle with it because i always feel like tv is the culture now uh if you watch the latest netflix show you have something in common with other people where if you don't you might not other other than the fact that we all live in quarantine now so i think we all have a lot of right stuff in common common but that's like the common culture i feel like i feel like Watching football in the fall and uh, baseball in the summer is part of the culture. Um, and if you don't keep up with it, you're kind of out of the loop. But turns out not really. Uh, I think you can be just present with people. It's probably a little bit more useful. So I give this a super high rating of 303 million TV homes. What do you give it, Dustin? Ooh. I'm going to give it 225 million. So right there down the middle. Kind of in the middle. It was good uh, for me to not watch TV. It, it, I ended up watching my phone and like looking at news and getting on Reddit and looking for like any interesting stories or articles and just spent more time on my phone. I could definitely feel that in my neck um, from looking at my phone. Oh, too much. just like weird ang- looking down. Yeah, looking down. Um, but not watching TV, uh, did 
push me to be more creative, more, um, I whittled a spoon, which I, nice. I, I'll post a picture of, I need to carve out the scoop of it, but I spent, I don't know, like five hours on the deck, um, just whittling a piece of red oak. I think it's red oak. Um, so that was super fun and making dice, trying to make dice and experimenting with epoxy and silicone, doing yard work. It's, it's, uh, a benefit, but it also, yeah, I wonder from connecting with my wife because she didn't, she did not stand in. That's solidarity. what I felt most bad about was that it would create a wedge between you two. And I didn't. I didn't want that for the week. It's an unintended consequence, but she has, uh, you know, been preparing for this onslaught of students to return to UGA mm-hmm. in person classrooms. So right. she has a lot of stress going on. You know, orientation is in about a week away, and they're planning everything for in person and they're also planning within two weeks of shifting everything back to virtual um if there is another outbreak so who knows high stress and tv was what she could do to put on and just veg out when she got home i think it i think it's important to like say how good tv is in some ways like I, i don't agree with philo t uh farnsworth that like it's just like bad for your mental health because uh, when you're going through like a really tough time in life, like say somebody in your family passes away, mm-hmm. TV is really useful because your waking life is just like constant pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and any conversation you have with other people is like this very deep, super meaningful, intense conversation a lot of the time, or you feel bad if it isn't, you have all these complicated feelings. Uh, but when you're going through a stressful time in life and you can just watch TV and forget about your problems uh, mm-hmm. for a half hour at a time, I think that's like a really beautiful, lovely uh, benefit of living in the modern age. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's not what like was you're your... like ignoring your problems, but you get to like, yeah. I don't know. When my uh, college roommate's dad died, uh, he had taken an Ambien to go to sleep. He, he and uh not his dad uh, my roommate did and we got a phone call that his dad had passed away and he needed to like head home but he couldn't quite head home right then but he also like couldn't be on the ground bawling uh we had to like find some way to wait for the ambient to go away and like get him on his way and it turned out like just turning on the history channel and watching how it's made for like two and a half hours in the middle of the night was like a really good way to get through that. Um, There was like no other solution at the moment. And I I was very thankful for it at the time. Were you asking? That's cool. Well, I was, you kind of just, you know, made an analogy for that. I was going to ask, because your mother passed away. Did you watch TV to, to grieve or to avoid grieving? Yeah. To, to, to try and, because I, because I would be interested in what your grieving show was. Um, you know, the craziest thing is I don't remember. I mm-hmm. don't remember the year after my mom died. Uh, I have some memories of it, but not a lot. 
So I'm yeah. sorry I can't like. No, that's why I told okay. a story about somebody else because I knew that I had those same experiences. I just don't know. I guess I remember after my mom died, I was living in Athens, and I didn't have a car because um, I was like playing in bands or something, or I'd just been playing in bands and I didn't have any money. And a friend of my sister's came to pick me up in Athens and take me back to. Atlanta, where Amanda and Sloan were living in, like, Grant Park, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think I just came in, and they were all watching TV, and I just came in and laid on the floor and watched TV with my family, like, the day my mom died. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't remember what we watched, but I remember... And I, I really... I'm struggling here with deciding whether or not it's, like, good or not, uh, but it's probably not one of those things where you do decide whether or not it's good. It's just a thing people do i guess or i chose yeah. to do and it's better probably not to to rate it in that way but i yeah. all this to say i no. just don't think of tv as the enemy i think tv is great um but it's an it's a time thing and i think you have what sounds like a pretty healthy relationship with it uh, i used to not though you yeah. used to watch i more? used to i used to watch a lot of tv um especially when so in 2014 i got my ass dumped um Mm -mm. big time and i remember i was living with jd shout out to jd and Haley. they took me in and guys i crushed you're enjoying the camper yeah dude they're camping it right now um boondocking and i remember watching a bunch of tv because i don't know my waking days when i was alone they were at work I was alone, and at nighttime when I was alone were the worst parts, waking up from bad dreams, yada, yada, yada. But I watched um, Attack on Titan. <laughs> Do you know that show? Uh, that's the one where they like fight giants with swords, and they yeah. have ropes on their hips. It's fucking weird. And I found that show at a awful time in my life, and I just got super stoned and watched this cartoon over and over again because the show was full of pain. Like... It follows these people watching their friends and family die around them. Like, that's the whole show, is watching your life crumble, but still fighting and still believing some hope that things are going to get better through your effort. Um, I just watched... It was Japanese dub, so... uh, Really, really uh, (laughs) weird, vulnerable moment here, but I did learn that vulnerability is cool uh, through the recent... uh, David Cho did an interview with Joe Rogan and David Cho is a artist who suffers from like mental illness and all sorts of other issues. Um, but he, I recommend that, uh, I, instead of watching TV, I listen to that podcast. It's like a four hour long podcast and he starts off the episode, the interview with Joe Rogan saying like, I want to lean into my, the things that stress me out because that's what his therapist said. And then he just opened up with vulnerability after vulnerability moment, um, which is kind of what we're doing at the end of the show. So I know we had some tough times getting this episode started because we had a little confusion on the infotainment. But I want to tell you that I think we did a good job working through it. And I love you and I value you as a co-host and producer on this program. And I think you do a great job and you bring a lot of value to the the content, Ryan. 
poor Dustin is just such like an open nerve. Right, guys? You're a very sweet boy. Thank you very much, Dustin. I love doing the show with you, too. I just like also fighting with you. You're a fighter, and I'm, I'm a lover. <laughs> Let's pick next week's challenge. Cue the loving ukulele that Ryan produced. He's a lover, too. He's just confused. Do you hear the love behind that scream? know the challenge for next week yeah i want to know the challenge for next week what's the challenge for next week so this is another abstinent challenge who abstaining again we're going to abstain from social media this week oh really yeah all of it all of it no twitter no instagram no facebook uh no reddit you gotta go reddit counts what? Okay, Reddit is okay. No, yeah, nothing. Essentially, nothing that has comments. <laughs> so, uh, if you want to watch YouTube videos, I, I won't say that social media because you're taking in a, a video content, but um, you're not allowed to comment on a video. You're wow. You're not allowed to read the comments. Are we allowed to yeah. post today's show? We'll post today's show. Um, but after that, no social media, and I know time is important for you this week. Yeah, so that, yeah. Woo. No social media. We're going to try and. <laughs> That's crazy. We're doing two of these in a row. All right. Yep. Casey recommended this. She said, "I'd rather you do a no social media challenge than a no TV challenge because at least we can watch TV together." Um, and so I said, "I'll make it next week's challenge, baby." And All right, Casey. So, this one's for you. This one's for Casey, and uh, I would like for you to try to keep a, not a like a journal, but kind of a mental log of how many times, because I can already feel myself doing this, like how many times Just do you catch yourself looking, yeah, looking to, to grab it and go to Instagram, just because you've got like a muscle memory type yeah. thing going. And we so could also take, use our screen time numbers to kind of know where we were. Yeah. So this week, my screen time number said it was up 12%, and it was like over four hours. Yeah, um, I think I'm around four hours a day, and this week I'm, especially. Yeah, but I'm also curious as to what that means, because I don't know if the screen time counts when I'm listening to podcasts or something, or if it's just when the screen is open. I don't know. Um, I have to look into that. Yeah, but no social media, no social media week, um, and just take Ugh. all your apps in your phone. Put them in like a, a no-go folder so that you're going to move everything that could be social media into the no-go folder um, and see how you go. Take a little mental inventory um, starting today and see how things go this week. Okay, well then let's not announce our social media platforms because they're not important this week. But this uh, week. if you want to send us an email, email is not social media, email is mail uh you can reach out to us at do it no no it's not at it's do it or else pod at gmail.com there it is do it or else pod at gmail.com 
Or you can leave us a voicemail, because that's allowed to, at yeah. 724-DO-IT-POD. Those two things, that's all we're promoting this week. Give us a call. Give us a recommendation for a new TV show or movie that we should check on, since we didn't watch any TV or movies. Or give us a book recommendation. I got a book recommendation, surprisingly, from a, a friend on LinkedIn called Children of Time, and I've been listening to that this week. Oh, cool. uh, I've been reading so, The Man Who Mistook His Woman for a Hat. Whoa, I'm very curious about that, good sir. I'll tell you about it next week. Do you tip her? <laughs> what? Tip your hat? Your wife? If you mistook your wife for a hat... Uh-huh. I tip my hat to you. You like tipping your wife over? Are you handing your wife money? Are you pinching her, pinching her and bringing her over your eyes real quick? I don't know what's going he on. He didn't mistake his hat for his wife. He mistook his hat for a wife. No, he mistook his wife. Uh, I can't remember anymore. Uh, and as always, the winner of the slogan contest will be announced next week. What kind of show was that? It wasn't a show. It was a no-show. Good luck listening to that, you dinglings. Good luck, you. Have fun with that one. Just skip to all the ukulele segments and enjoy (laughs) the ukulele. Those parts are fine. (laughs) These parts? These parts are atrocious. What did you eat today? I had a bowl of life cereal. What did you eat today? I had a bowl of leaping lemurs. Leap and is that like a, a puffins type organic cereal? Exactly, it's right next to the puffins. It's leap and oh, lemurs, it's puffins. chocolate peanut butter puffs. I love organic puffins. kid cereal, dude. Almond that's milk. awesome. Ooh, I had oat and milk. a banana. Oh, okay, cool. Philo T. Farnsworth, dude, the he dude's didn't super let interesting. his kids watch TV. He, he, um, he invented like night vision. He, invented, he also invented night like, vision? Like, all sorts of, like, uh, nuclear technologies. He invented, uh, yeah, like, the dude The dude was, like, a madman. He, tons of stuff. Well, Joseph Bologna, Chevalier de Saint-Georges, he's a badass, too. Oh, I know, we heard all about him. I just, you know. You I to, bet my guy could say, beat up your guy. Probably. My guy's, like, a freaking nerd. Actually, he looks pretty good. He's like tall and thin. Big target. 